Today on Locked on Ducks Hockey, it's the final day of 2019 and we'll look back on the decade that was for the Anaheim Ducks. Also, more on the WJC and the SoCal Clash. All of this on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon everyone and a happy Tuesday to all hockey fans out there. This is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks, usually. Don't forget that you'll usually get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about the OC's hockey team. Just a reminder that there is no show tomorrow as it is New Year's Day. So enjoy the day, spend it with loved ones, and have a happy New Year. However, there will still be hockey tweets since there is still hockey tonight. And of course, the Winter Classic. So if you want to see some hockey tweets, follow me personally at StimpyJD. Before I get into the show, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or try asking Siri, hey Siri, play Locked On Ducks or something along those lines and hope that works. If it does not work, try looking manually on the Apple or Google Podcasts. If you're listening already, be sure to hit the subscribe button to listen to this podcast daily. Tell your friends about it. Tomorrow, once again, no show. Also, it's Twitter time. You can follow this show at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD, as I said before. And most of all, subscribe. Be sure to stick around after this first segment because not only will I reveal my all-decade Ducks team, but I'll also reveal my top three Ducks moments from the past decade. The top three Ducks moments... They're probably the same as everyone else, to be honest. And the all-decade Ducks team will be similar in fashion to most other decade lists that you're going to see out there, with some minor differences. Before getting into the World Junior Championship, I wanted to continue on a couple final thoughts from the SoCal clash between Harvard and Arizona State University. The two Ducks prospects, as I mentioned yesterday, are junior Jack Bedini and first-year player Henry Thrun. On Saturday, Jack Bedini ended up with the game-winning goal in a Harvard 4-1 victory. Bedini got the goal by crashing the net and swooping in on the right side of the goal to pick up the loose change in front of ASU netminder uh, Evan DeBrower, who was chased out of goal after two periods. Overall, good awareness on that goal. Sunday, while Bedini didn't score any points, he was instrumental on the latter stages of the game. Both he and Thrun started off slowly and wound up on the wrong side of a goal in the second frame. They both ended up with a negative 1 rating for the contest. Only Thrun got an assist by working hard and digging a puck out near the neutral zone to Casey Dornbach, who then passed it to a streaking Nick Abrazizi to put away the fourth goal for the Crimson. By the way, Abrazizi is a prospect for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who was second on the team with 15 points on the season. Dornback leads the team in scoring with 17 points. Okay, so overall impressions of both players. Theron works hard on the defensive end, and the freshman plays very good lockdown defense on the special teams. He does get in the way of passes and knows how to read the opposing teams. He does lead the team with a plus-minus rating of positive 11, but he is really one of the more disciplined players out there on defense. He's only a freshman, and if he continues to develop his defense, he could be a valuable asset down the line. As for Bedini, he is already a third year and showcases blazing speed with a pretty good face-off percentage. In fact, on Sunday's game, 
Badini won 10 out of 18 faceoffs for a 55.5% faceoff win rate. For what it's worth, that is above average. It remains to be seen if Badini will sign with the Ducks on a minor league entry level contract after this year, but it may be something to watch for. After the game, I had mentioned that I had the pleasure of finally eating at Tamu Salani's new quick serve restaurant. I'll talk about that for a quick minute while I'm here. So the restaurant is in Garden Grove. It is at the Pipeworks District or whatever that's called, but it's in Garden Grove. So look up the penalty box. And it's kind of a standalone store in the midst of a bunch of other places. You have a little beer garden there. You have burgers at the penalty box. And this is Tamu Salani's quick serve restaurant. He has his employees there. They talk about Tamu and stuff they have on the menu. They have burgers. They have hot dogs. They call burgers pucks, hot dogs sticks. Then they have gourmet poutines. It's their own take on poutines, which is kind of a Finnish style poutine. And then they have what they call whipped ice or shakes, which is essentially a milkshake. But I like the term whipped ice there. And some of the stuff they have there. The shakes, they're called the icing, the hoser, and blowing a tire. I got the icing, which is the vanilla one. And the two that I picked up, I picked up the minor penalty, which is a third pound Wagyu beef patty. And by the way, the hamburger patties they serve there, they have a nice blend of Wagyu beef, sirloin, and short rib which is extremely delicious. One of the better burgers I've had. And it's only about 8 $9. So the minor penalty is very good to have there. The major penalty is a double minor, which is two one-third beef patties. They have the Great Eight, the Hall of Famer. Apparently the Hall of Famer is a very popular one. That's Tamu's favorite. Uh, that one had a beef patty, some bacon, some red onion, some penalty box sauce, which is their own take on Thousand Island dressing. Uh, hot dogs I didn't have, but they had a couple decent looking ones. They had the barn burner, which is spicy cream cheese, braised onions, uh, chili, sin bin sauce, which is their own chipotle aioli type sauce. Uh, the poutines. They're essentially the thick cut fries with some very interesting, you know, toppings on it. The lumber is essentially house Yukon twists. The one that I got was called the goon which had smoked slab bacon, cheddar, scallions, chipotle aioli, and a fried egg. That was very good. But the thing that I personally liked the best was the milkshakes or the whipped ice. I got the icing, which is Tahitian vanilla bean ice cream, white chocolate chips, whipped cream, sugar crisp, which is a cinnamon stick, a thick cinnamon stick that you can have on the milkshake. I know I'm making you all hungry talking about food, but trust me, it is very delicious it has Tamu's name on it. He wouldn't put his name on it if he didn't trust it, if it wasn't good. So if you're in the Garden Grove area, or if you're in Orange County and you have your car, and you're going to a Ducks game later, spend an extra hour early, go out to the penalty box, have yourself a nice meal. It costs less to have a decent meal there than it would at Honda Center. Trust me on that one. Yes, I am going to be slightly critical here, but the food at Honda Center is very expensive. The beer at Honda Center is also very expensive. So if you want a decent meal, check out the penalty box in Garden Grove. Uh, you know, Tamu Salani presents it. It's really cool. And who knows, you might see him there. I mean, he shows up there from time to time, apparently. So might be worth checking out. Okay, we're done with the food segment. Uh, we talked about the SoCal Clash. That was a fun experience at Irvine. Glad I checked that out. It was a lot of fun. 
and Great Park Ice. Awesome facility. Check that out. Oh, and by the way, you can check out the food pictures on the Locked on Ducks Twitter account, which you can find at LO underscore Ducks. You'll see some food pictures on the Locked on Ducks if it has to do with the Ducks. Now, the one prospect that we should definitely keep our eyes on is the breakout star of the 2020 World's Junior Championships. Of course, I'm talking about the Boston U Terrier, Trevor Zegris. Yes, he has been by far the breakout star, and he's had a tremendous tournament. In fact, four games in, he leads all players in points with nine points. Not only nine points, nine primary assists. Yes, he has said in an interview that he jokingly misses scoring, and he doesn't know what that's like anymore. But nine primary assists is nothing to sneeze at. In fact, on the USA's final game, in which they beat the Czech Republic 4-3, to Trevor Zegris got two more primary assists. The first one came in the second period on an Arthur Kaliev goal to tie the game up. And then not long after that, in fact about five minutes after that, one of the better highlights you will see in the entire tournament. Yeah, a backhanded spinorama assist. Another fantastic primary assist. That one went to Jack Drury, who... That At the time, the score was 3-2 to two USA, so that gave the United States the lead. Not only was it a great assist, but that was just a great you know, overall goal because Drury was streaking in there, and you could tell that Zegris kind of caught him streaking towards the goal on his side of the ice, so he decided the only way to get that pass right on the stick was to do some kind of different move, but I didn't expect a spinner on a backhanded move. I figured he'd just skate across or either stop, and pass it towards Drury. But because he did the spinorama, it created a nice little lane. But the thing about these primary assists, these are all right on the tape. He is setting up his teammates perfectly. And as analysts have said, I would love to be on the receiving end of one of those passes because he puts it right on your stick and makes it easy for all the goal scorers, to be honest. Jack Drury has done well. Kaliev has been the recipient of plenty of those passes. So once again, nine primaries. Way to go on that one. And here's another fun stat for you. The most assists for a USA player in the World's Junior Championships. Zegris has nine. For now, Mike Madonna and Alfie Turcott also had nine helpers in a single tournament. If that last name is familiar, Alfie Turcott is in fact related to a current player for the USA team. And that is Alex Turcott. Here's who he trails on that elusive list. Phil Kessel had 10 assists in a tournament in 2006. Derek Stepan had 10 assists in 2010. And Doug Waite had 14 assists in a single tournament. 14 assists in 1991. So Zegris is in very good company to be among those names. And Doug Waite, Derek Stepan, Phil Kessel, those are all great players that have had pretty good careers in the National Hockey League. So Zegers being on that list, that should be a great sign for Ducks fans. And something else about Trevor Zegers, in every level that he's played at, he's averaged at least a point a game on the U-17s. In 56 games, he had 59 points. On the WJC Under-18 last year, he had 9 points in 5 games. In the national team, he had 87 points in 60 games, and currently at BU... He has 17 points in 16 games, 5 goals, 
12 assists. You better believe that I'm going to be covering Trevor Zegras a bit more once he gets back to BU after the tournament. And especially during the Beanpot, you know, we're going to be following that tournament very closely because Harvard is there, Boston is typically there. So something to keep an eye on later on this season. But as far as the tournament goes, once again, Zegras, nine assists. USA beat the Czech Republic 4-3 to in overtime. That overtime is important because it gave the Czech Republic a very important standings point. So what did that standings point do? Well, that meant that the Czech Republic would advance to the quarterfinals. And here's how that looks. January 2nd, that is Thursday. Here are the matchups. And I'm going to say these times in Pacific time. We have Switzerland versus Russia. That's a 3.30 a.m. Pacific time. By the way, all of these games will be on the NHL network. 6 a.m., Canada versus Slovakia. That should be fun to watch. 8.30 a.m., set your alarms. Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m., the U.S. team takes on Finland. If that matchup looks familiar to you fans, that was the gold medal match last year in which the Finns defeated the United States 3-2. And in last year's game, you know, it was really close. It was tied 2-2 until Kapokako got the game-winning goal with a minute and a half left in the third period to give the Finns a one-goal lead, and that ended up being the game-winning goal. So again, very, very late goal. Broke the hearts of the U.S. team last year. So you bet your ass that they're going to be looking for some semblance of revenge. Once again, Thursday morning, 8.30 Pacific Time, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, that game will be on the NHL Network. Another game that will be on the NHL Network is Sweden versus the Czech Republic. That game is at 11 a.m. So look for a new episode immediately following the U.S. versus Finland game on Thursday morning. That's also a Locked on Goals episode, which is kind of fantastic because we'll be talking about prospects that are currently on San Diego's roster and then talk about Trevor Zegris, who is on the U.S. roster. So a lot to look forward to on Thursday's show. But once again, I'm just going to repeat it one more time. 8.30 a.m. NHL Network. See if Trevor Zegris can work his magic once again and maybe get one or two more great highlight reel assists in this tournament. Before heading into the first intermission, I want to remind you that you can find several offers from our Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Much more to come on the other side of the intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez on this New Year's Eve, and we're going to talk about the best moments for the Ducks in this past decade. I know the Ducks didn't win a cup this decade. It's been about 13 years since the Ducks made that memorable run. However, there were still some great moments for Anaheim Ducks fans. They did win five division titles in a row. That's a great accomplishment, but 
I chose three in particular that really stuck out to me as the top three for the decade. And we're going to go all the way back to 2011. In fact, we're going we're gonna to go back to April 22nd, 2011, where Bobby Ryan pulled a rabbit out of his hat. And this took place on the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs between the Ducks and the Nashville Predators. On 2011, Bobby Ryan was one of the top scorers for the Ducks. In fact, this was around the time where he was scoring 50 goals in a season. I thought about that hat trick to get to 50 goals, but I thought the playoff goal was even better than that. We'll go back to 2011. Bobby Ryan, he took a pass from David Leguan from the Preds. You know, he stole the pass, went through the neutral zone, undressed David Leguan, you know, did a drag once, did it between his legs, then fake deked, did another fake to his left, and put away one of the best goals that you will ever see. Bobby Ryan completely undressed David Legwand. Shea Weber was was right behind him, and he put it right past Pecorine, beating him on that side for one of the best goals I've ever seen. And that was a go-ahead goal at the time to give the Ducks the lead. That's a series that they would go on to win. But really, Bobby Ryan, you know, that was the cherry on top of a fantastic season for him. And yes, he had the spectacular season, but I thought that was just bringing everything together for that one moment where the entire crowd went completely berserk. So that is one of my top moments for the Ducks this past decade. Another top moment happened only two years ago. I am saving one for last, but two years ago, yes, this one was obvious to me. And most Ducks fans would have this as their top pick. The comeback on Catella two years ago on Cinco de Mayo 2017. It was the second round of the Stanley Cup playoff between the Ducks and the Edmonton Oilers. It was 3-0 Edmonton before the Ducks finally got on the board with only 3-16 left in the third period. At the time, I remember watching this game thinking to myself, okay, this one's over. The Ducks can possibly win on the road. I thought the game was over. And then Ryan Getzloff uh, had a blast that deflected off Leon Dreisaitl. And it fooled Cam Talbot. So that became 3-1. Then less than a minute later, Cam Fowler... Yeah, he had a wrist shot from about the top of the faceoff dots and it beat the goalie once again. So it was all of a sudden a 3-2 game with 2.41 left. You started to think, maybe this can happen. Maybe the Ducks can pull the goalie and tie it up. Two minutes later, actually with 20 seconds left, uh, Cam Fowler had kind of wristed the shot towards the net and he just put the puck in play towards the net as you should when it's late in the game. After a mad scramble, you know, a bunch of bodies went on top of Cam Talbot and the puck went loose and there was Ricard Raquel to pick up the change and put it into the net. At the time, there was a long, long delay. A review as to if there was interference or not. Turns out there wasn't. So we were tied going into overtime. And then a long time after that, I think we were going into double overtime. Corey Perry got the game-winning goal and the Ducks won it in miraculous fashion. Three goals in three minutes. And that was the real turnaround of the series. Because this was game five of the second round. Edmonton was about to go up in that series. Three games to two. 
heading back to Edmonton. And the Oilers would have had all the momentum. But the Ducks somehow miraculously came back and really pulled the rabbit out of their hat to come back and win that one. 4-3. Yeah, that was one of the more miraculous comebacks I've ever seen. And my number one moment, my favorite moment personally for the Ducks this past decade, was in 2014. It was the last regular season game of 2014. The Colorado Avalanche were in town. It was Tamu Solani's last game. That was emotional enough. But what really brought it over the top, and I loved this moment personally, was when Tamu Solani took his victory lap around Honda Center. He shook the hands of all the Avs players, and then he got to the end. He got to Jean Sebastian Jiguer. Jiggy was there, and he was grabbed by Tamu Solani, and they both took a victory lap together. Those two have a special bond that cannot be broken. Jaguar was present for the Ducks when they won the Stanley Cup in 2007. And Jaguar was part of the Ducks for a very long time. So for him to come back on that final game was just poetic. And one of the best moments in probably Ducks history, to be honest. So that was my probably my favorite moment of the 2010s for the Anaheim Ducks. Coming up after the second intermission, yeah, I'm going to reveal my all-decade team for your Anaheim Ducks. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez for the final time in 2019. And just quickly, I want to wish everyone a very happy new year. If you're out there celebrating, be safe. This is some great listening for you all to listen to on the drive home. And I want to reveal this right now, just going to get it out of the way. Completely my opinion. My picks for the all decade Ducks team and here's how this works. I'm going to choose four lines. I'm going to have a center and two wingers on each line. I'm not going to restrict it to left wing and right wing. And then I'll have my six D-men and my two goalies. And we're going to start with the forwards. My first line as far as the Ducks for the decade, this was an easy choice. In center, it's El Capitan, Ryan Getzloff, the longtime captain who just broke the Ducks record for most games played with one with the Ducks. He had his thousandth game earlier this season. Right now, he's having a pretty good season, I would say. With him, Corey Perry. Yeah, this one was really easy. Corey Perry was the heart and soul of the Ducks. He was here until earlier this season. You know, he had some fantastic goals, iconic goal to end that really marathon game for the comeback on Catella. So Corey Perry is one of my wingers. The other winger, this one I thought was a slam dunk, Tamu Solani, the other winger. He is Mr. Duck. He had his first number. He was the first Ducks player to have his number retired in the rafters of the Honda Center. I mean, I think he's the best player in franchise history. That's just my opinion. I mean, he did single-handedly lead, well, not single-handedly, but he helped lead that team 
to the 2007 Stanley Cup. But in the 2010s, he had a great run too. You know, he had that fantastic 2011 season that I thought was overshadowed by Corey Perry's MVP season. But Solani had 80 points that season, and he was 40 years old. He was 40 years old and scored 80 points. What the hell? But even that last season, it's it was a farewell tour, but Solani was still producing, and he was still producing into the playoffs those first few years this decade. So so there's my first line. Getzloff, Perry, Solani. Second line, I'm going Ryan Kessler as my center for the second line. Yeah, this one I think is a good one. Kessler had a lot of time in Vancouver, and yes, he is injured this season, but he is one of the more consistent centers the Ducks have right up there with Ryan Getzloff, and he was very vital to those you know, deep playoff runs the latter part of this decade. And he was part of that really, I guess, nucleus as far as winning division after division after division. So Ryan Kessler, my second line center. My two wingers. This one, I kind of had to go back a little bit. My first winger on the second line, Cogs. Yeah, Andrew Cogliano. He had an incredible streak going on with... I want to say 830 consecutive games that was ended by a suspension, which, you know, still irks people to this day. But, you know, there was a reason he was out there day after day because he was still producing. And I think Andrew Cogliano is one of those unsung heroes for the Ducks. So that's my second winger. My other winger on the second line, he was just named to the all-star team. Got to give it up. For Jakob Silverberg, you know, he just signed that extension. He's having a great run for the Ducks right now. He's a key piece in that offense for the Ducks and probably one of the better players the Ducks have right now. And again, congratulations to Silverberg making the all-star team this year. So that's my other winger. So second line, Kessler, Cogs, Silfi. Third line, Saku Koivu. Saku Koivu was a beast on faceoffs. He was very reliable. As he was getting on in years, he was starting to get better and better. Koivu was one of those players that I thought was getting better year after year. And, you know, he was good friend, or he is good friends with Tamu Solani. And even though Koivu, you know, he was on the latter part of his career, he still had a couple of great seasons with the Ducks where he seems to improve. So that's who I have as my third line center. Wingers in the third line. This is where it got a little tricky. I decided to go with Ricard Raquel on the third line. Uh, Raquel, he is a solid player. He has had some lapses here and there, but he is improving. He's only 26 years old. I think he can be a terrific scorer down the line. He's a great scorer now. I think he can be even better. So Raquel, my third line. And also, again, that memorable game-tying goal. And speaking of memorable goals, my other winger on the third line, this one is going to get to a few people. I decided to go with Matt Bolesky. Matt Bolesky scored the game-winning overtime goal on that season when the Ducks came the closest to getting to the Stanley Cup final. And this was back in 2015. 
This was an overtime goal. Only 35 seconds into that overtime. 35 or 45, but it was the first minute of that overtime against the Chicago Blackhawks. And that gave the Ducks at the time a 3-2 series lead going back to Chicago in the 2015 Western Conference Final. And everything about that goal was perfection. You know, the drive-in, the rebound, the little jump that he did after he got tripped up, and the celly, that was everything. So there's my third line, Koivu, Raquel, Bolesky. Fourth line, go over this quickly. I decided to go with Nick Bonino. Nick Bonino had a couple of great, you know, overtime goals himself in the first part of this decade. Yes, I chose Bonino over Nate Thompson, but that was a tough one. So I just went Bonino. And wingers, Bobby Ryan. Yes, I know Ryan's all the way in the fourth line, but he didn't have as many years during this past decade. So Bobby Ryan and Patrick Maroon. Yeah, I just, why not? So those are my fourth liners, Bonino, Ryan, Maroon. And honorable mention goes to, you know, Nate Thompson, I thought had a couple great seasons. You know, just he was injured a lot. So that's why I had Thompson out of there. Uh, Peros, it's all about the mustache. I just got to make honorable mention of George Peros's mustache. It's amazing. Uh, Kyle Palmieri. Kyle Palmieri is doing better with the Devils. While he was with the Ducks, he was good, but he's better in New Jersey. So he was just out. And I have to give honorable mention to Nick Ritchie, Adam Henrique, Andre Kasha, and the Elite 1C, Derek Grant. I think those are players that could make next decade's all-time team. But those are some guys that just missed the cut, but I hope to see them in the 2020s as far as great Ducks. Defensive pairings. I went Cam Fowler and... This one was tricky. Francois Boschman for the first pairing for uh, defenders. Boschman was really there for that Stanley Cup run, but he was very reliable for that late playoff race in 2011. And he was very close to winning the Norris that year. So I have to give it up to Boschman for, you know, really being the man at the time. Second pairings, I'll go over these quickly. I went Hampus Lindholm and... And Sammy Votnin. Who remembers that? Sammy Votnin from a few years ago. Third pairing. I went Josh Manson and Lubomir Vishnowski. Yeah, Lubo. He was only with the Ducks for a couple seasons at the start of this decade. But, I mean, come on. He had some memorable games in that 2011 season. He had a hattie. How many defensemen have hat tricks, really? So, those were my D pairings. So... Once again, oh, honorable mention, Luca Spiza, who I use as a warm-up before I begin recording. Uh, I would have put Luca Spiza in there if not for injuries. So once again, I went, oh, here's my uh, goalies, by the way. Starting goalie, obviously, John Gibson. He's been the best goalie for the Ducks this decade. It's not even close. My backup, I had a choice between two, Frederick Anderson and Jonas Hiller. This was tough, but I decided to go with Jonas Hiller, and here's why. Because he was the number one starter for a couple of years, and he had some great games, but he also had a lot of shutouts. He was just the number one for a longer time, and I thought Jonas Hiller was very solid in net the early part of the decade, and he was instrumental during the first part of those division titles. So I 
took Hiller over Anderson, but very slightly. So recapping the official Locked On Ducks all-time decade. Once again, just repeating, forwards, first line, Getze, Perry, and Tamu. Second line, Kessler, Cogs, and Silphie. Third line, Koivu, Raquel, Bolesky. Fourth line, Bonino, Ryan, and Maroon. As far as D pairings, first line, Fowler and Bocheman. Second line, Lindholm, Vatnin. Third line, Manson and Vishnovsky. And the goalies once again, Gibby and Hiller. Those are my picks for the all-time Ducks roster in the 2010s. And with that, that wraps up not only Locked on Ducks for 2019, but that wraps it up for the decade. So I just want to thank everybody for listening. I want to sincerely thank everyone that has left any comments, that has reached out to me. Thank you very much. Slowly growing. This is still going to be a learning process. This is my first season with the Locked On Podcast Network. In fact, this is the first season for several Locked On podcasts. And we're still only three months old on the Locked On NHL channel. But we're growing together And once again, I appreciate each and every one of you that are listening and hopefully supporting me. So once again, thank you all very much. If you want to listen to this or any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, check out Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where you can get your podcasts. Just look up Locked On Ducks and hope that you find it. Also, once again, please subscribe if you haven't already. Make that a New Year's resolution to subscribe to this. No, uh, make it a resolution to maybe tell your friends about it. You know, this is still a fairly new Ducks podcast. It is daily. So tell your friends. Be sure to subscribe. Thursday, it's going to be Locked On Goals. So if you're down in San Diego and you're a San Diego Goals fan, tell your friends, hey, there's a podcast dedicated to the goals at least once a week, and I will be going over prospects that day as well. Just to peel back the curtain, I'm going to record most of that episode on Wednesday night before going to sleep. And then Thursday morning, wake up, watch the USA hopefully win at 8.30 a.m. We're all Team USA here, so go Team USA. Yeah, USA, USA. So cheer on your Team USA to victory on the World's Junior Championships. Once again, that is Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m., And immediately following the game, we'll break down that game, talk about Trevor Zegras some more, because surely he's going to have another fantastic assist on that game on hopefully the USA's victory over Finland. So that will take place on Thursday. And once again, I sincerely thank everyone for listening. If you want to chat hockey with me, hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. That is the Locked On Ducks Twitter. You can follow me personally at StimpyJD. Or you can email us at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And I'd be remiss if I didn't thank my buddy Taylor Blake Ward for helping me get this opportunity to host it. So thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. I pretty much said all my thank yous there. So, you know, once again, have a safe and happy new year. I will see you guys in 2020. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason, J.D. Hernandez, saying have a great new year's eve and i'm gonna leave you with some old lang syne i'll see you at the rink and happy new year anaheim <laughs>